Off a high screen, Dorian kicked to the corner, Feirano for three. It's good with the foul! And back to throw is the quarterback, and Hayward is sacked by Joey Porter. Page takes it in, scores. J.D. Page. Boy, Stevens lets it go, and there's your touchdown. Michael Gallup. Got it down low, Hornung, dunk! And here come the students. Leading by 10, here's Van Pelt. He's at the five, touchdown Colorado State. Happy Wednesday. We're back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast. What a weird night Tuesday night ended up being had. Uh, I'm, I'm completely focused on basketball. I'm in the zone. I'm writing about Sam Merrill doing Sam Merrill things. He obviously went off for 32 points in Utah State's win over CSU. We're going to talk about that game a little bit more in detail, obviously getting a you know, talk about what went wrong in that one, what went well. Uh, but this Mel Tucker situation, what what a wild, wild situation. Three days ago, he tweets that he's, you know, humbled and appreciates the offer, but that he's committed to CU. This whole week, he's doing a media blitz. He's talking about building up the program. He's talking about how proud he is to be a buff, all that crap. And then meanwhile, the entire time, still negotiating, still working his way, ends up getting the Michigan State job. And, you know, I get it. Any person in the world, logically, you know, if you have an opportunity to double your salary doing the exact same thing, that's a no-brainer. And from a from a conference standpoint, the, the Big Ten absolutely is superior to the Pac-12 in every single way. From a business standpoint... I get it. No harm, no foul. But from, from a PR standpoint, to handle it, it's, I just think it's hard to handle it as poorly as Mel Tucker handled this whole situation. If you know that you're, you know, if you have a good chance, because yesterday, you know, going into the day, I got to imagine he at least knew that there's a decent chance his agent is pretty close to getting this deal done. Why would you agree to do these radio interviews and talk about, you know, how flattering it was to have the interest, but that you're committed to see you. Why would you go speak to the donors? I just, I, I don't know. I think that's a way worse exit. You know, you saw on Twitter from a couple of different people, the debate of, you know, whose exit was worse, Jim McElwain or Mel Tucker. And I don't even really think it's that big of a debate. One, Jim McElwain actually accomplished something before he left. He was at CSU for three seasons led the Rams to their first, you know, 10 win season in over a decade, first top 25 ranking in over a decade. I was bummed when he left, but he earned that. And and not even to say that like Mel Tucker hasn't earned it. I mean, he's been a successful 
football coach throughout his career. He's worked in the NFL. He's worked at a bunch of power five programs. He has the resume of a guy who deserves to be a head coach. I just, for him to leave after not accomplishing anything and to spend like a week, an entire week, basically lying, just absolutely lying. That's what it comes down to. I don't know. I just think that's a a really sour look and I understand why CU fans are are heated. I understand why they're upset. I understand why they feel betrayed. That's how I would feel too. Just being real. I mean, it's it's a business, yes, but I don't really think anybody needs to hear that argument for the eight billionth time. Well, yeah, it's a business. This is what happens. Okay, we get it. It's a business. And that's just how it works. But also, like, this dude just signed an entire class, just made a bunch of promises, went into their homes, sat down at their dinner tables, told their parents, I'm committed to the betterment of your child's future. You know, unless, of course, something better comes along for me. I just don't know how Mel Tucker can expect to go out and recruit and and not have this thrown back in his face for the next decade. I mean, I know the Michigan and Ohio State coaches have got to be licking their lips. They've got to be you know, just absolutely thrilled at how this entire situation is handling or has played out because that's the first thing I'm bringing up. If I'm an Ohio State coach and I'm out recruiting and I know somebody has, you know, some interest in Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Penn State, those schools all recruit from the same regions. The first thing I'm bringing up is, well, how can you trust Small Tucker? Do you see what he did at Colorado? I just, I don't know. I don't know how you recover from this from a PR standpoint. I get that it's a business. I get that it's a chance to make more money. I get that the Big Ten is superior. I don't fault him at all for that. But that's a rough way to go out. That's a rough, rough way to go out. So (laughs) happy trails, Mel Tucker. Congratulations. You are now the most unpopular man on Boulder. Somehow gave Colorado sports fans a target bigger than Jeff Breidich to go after. So kudos to you, Mel. Kudos to you. This entire drama was incredibly fun to watch play out as an outsider, but I do feel for my friends in Boulder. I know it's a rivalry, I know CSU versus CU, all that, and I've obviously been plenty petty on Twitter for the last 24 hours. I've gotten my shots off. I've taken some jabs. I've given my friends you know, a hard time, everything that you got to do. But at the end of the day, I just I can't help but feel for the recruits. And... I just don't love the way he handled it. I just think it's an example of why college football is so shady. I mean, there's really a million examples of this, but it's just yet another. So those are my thoughts on Mel Tucker. I just kind of wanted to go over that before we talked about this Utah State game. So let's jump into the Utah State game a little bit now. Before we talk hoops, though, I do have to take a second to talk about Bojo's Pizza Bojo's Pizza, a Colorado institution. Right now, all you have to do is mention DNVR and you can get a free honey cheesy bread with the purchase of any entree. You heard me right. Any entree, you get a free honey cheesy bread. All you got to do is say DNVR sent you. This is a no-brainer. We've got Valentine's Day coming up. Where else are you going to take your honey? I mean, it's too late to get a steak reservation. You can't take her somewhere like Qdoba. That's just that's slumming it. Even I would go better than that. You got to go somewhere neat. And you want to know what? Let's go Bojo's, honey. Let's go to Bojo's. Let's celebrate our love with a little bit of pizza and cheesy honey bread. 
Sounds like a fantastic night to me. You're going to feel nice and sleepy afterwards. Sounds like a perfect date night. Don't even have to talk that much later. I don't know. Whatever else marriage jokes you're supposed to make. Yada, yada, yada. Bojo's Colorado Original. Get that free honey cheesy bread. Let's talk a little bit of college basketball. Like I said, Sam Merrill was... Well, he was on another level last night. 32 points, 12 of 18 shooting from the field, 6 of 10 three-pointers. I mean, it was just... It was typical Sam Merrill. I know that, you know, this isn't what Ram fans want to want to hear about. I think at this point, they're probably just going to be relieved that he's not going to come to Moby again. But Sam Merrill is my favorite player in the Mountain West right now. He's my favorite opposing player since Josh Adams. He's just a dude that I love watching. Like if Utah State is on TV and I don't have anything going on, I'm watching Sam Merrill play basketball. They're just... A couple of guys like that right now, I would say him. I really enjoy watching Malachi Flynn at San Diego State. I like watching Obi Toppin at Dayton. I just, there are just some guys that are special. And, and Merrill's one of those dudes. He won me over at the 2018 Mountain West Tournament. If you remember back, that was actually Utah State eliminated CSU in the first round. Utah State went 500 that year. They got rid of Tim Dorea, but that was kind of their last stand. I ended up making the semifinals and he was a, a big part of that. And I just remember like watching him up close. I'd seen him a couple of times previously at that point. That was, you know, his sophomore season and Sam Merrill never played less than 30 minutes against CSU in any matchup, even going back to his freshman year. So it's, it's not like I wasn't aware of him or his game, but just watching the way he played, it, it really won me over. And ever since then, I've, I followed him closely. And then obviously last year with the success that Utah State had. We got to see them quite a bit. They made the run in the NCAA tournament, that whole deal. And he was just in typical form last night. I mean, he's he's been a Ram killer for like a, really two and a half years straight now. But last night was, it was something else. He was as hot as, as really as you could get. I mean, I think he was actually a little bit better in that game the year before, the one that went to overtime. He pretty much just single-handedly put Utah State on his back that night. But tonight, or last night, excuse me, Tuesday night, was just a perfect example of what makes him so specially. He plays at his own pace. You know, I referenced that in my article. Talking with some of the CSU assistants, that was one of the things that they just had a ton of praise for. They said, you know, he plays at an elite level. And one of the things that's just so impressive about him, you can't speed him up. You can't get him to, you know, pass the ball into traps. He just always seems to make the right play and he's also just pretty damn good you know he can make some incredibly difficult jump shots some of those threes last night were contested and it it really just didn't matter the dude just gets his shot off he's physical he can he's really shifty like he's really great at attacking coming to a little jump stop and putting up like a little floater around eight feet just so skilled so versatile he's gonna make a hell of a professional basketball player somewhere i don't know where it's going to be, uh, you know, he's a little bit older, not the most explosive athlete in the world. So whether he'll play in the NBA or not, I'm not entirely sure, uh, but I have no doubt that he will play professional basketball somewhere. And at this point, like I'd be pretty surprised if Utah state doesn't just run the table. I don't know what's going to happen in Vegas, uh, but from the regular season, they, they definitely have the easiest remaining schedule of any of the teams that are in contention. 
another thing that I wrote about today. So check that out if you're a subscriber. If you're not, that's why you should be. So you can stay in the conversation, stay in the loop. Man, oh man. Merrill is a baller. Niamis Cato looked really good last night too. They actually did a good job of going right at him early and, and getting him in foul trouble. Picked up his third foul with about four minutes left in the first half. Ended up sitting like 10 straight minutes of game time between the end of the first half and start of the second half. It didn't matter when he was on the floor. He he looked a damn near unguardable. Like let's, It, it was really impressive. I mean, for a seven-footer, he has tremendous touch. Just his ability to finish soft around the glass is very, very impressive, especially considering he's a physical dude. If you watch him, he plays very physically. Uh, I will say... I felt like the Rams were in a tough position because the officials like Kata specifically Merrill did it a couple of times too, but Kata all night, they let him throw the stiff arm, you know, extend the forearm and create separation. And then anytime anybody touched him, it was a foul. He He's so skilled. If you're going to let him play that physical, that's fine, but it's got to be both ways. You know, if you're going to let him extend that forearm and, and create separation, you've got to give the defenders a chance. You got to let them put their hands on him a little bit. You know, there's a line. You can't rough them up or anything like that. But it's got to be consistent. It's got to be both ways. And, you know, I don't think the officials were the reason that CSU lost. I'm not trying to be that guy at all. Utah State was the better team. They controlled from the start. They led for all but, you know, like 48 seconds, never trailed, all of that. Utah State deserved to win. I just, I thought it was a, a tough position for Nico especially, but Roddy, a couple of these guys how do you guard a guy that's this big, this skilled, if he's allowed to throw a stiff arm and, and you can't even put your hands on the guy? I just, I don't know what you're supposed to do. I felt like that the entire game. It, I mean, there were four or five. I actually got a couple of pictures of him even. I was down on the floor taking photos, posted some of those online, but that's just my thoughts. You know, like I said, it wasn't like the officiating was super egregious or anything like that. I just thought it was a little bit inconsistent. I thought they let the offense be a lot more physical than they let the defense, but it is what it is. You know, it wasn't the officiating. Like I said, Utah State was just the better team. Uh, ultimately, when I look at CSU in this game, I feel like you know you can see they're close. You can see they're one of definitely the top three or four teams in the Mountain West already, but they're not quite that top level of contender yet. They've just They've got a few things where they could use some growth. They're, they're a lot better defensively than they were last year, and much of that just has to do with effort, understanding the system, buying in, all of that stuff. But I just... There are these, there are these two- or three-minute stretches where they just seem to, to lose you know intensity, lose focus a little bit. There were a couple of instances where they let Utah State shooters get open in the corner, just kind of lost where they were. And it's, you know, those, it only takes two or three possessions. It only takes a couple of minutes to truly break open a game. And when you lose by three, if you have, you know, three or four instances where you just weren't quite as intense defensively, it's kind of tough to swallow because, you know, you know that you really could have won that one. And and we're going to see as this team matures, as they get more used to, to playing in this system, I think, one, they'll be better defensively, but also you just won't see these moments where where the intensity where the focus lacks that just comes with maturity but it's a factor and it's been a factor in in multiple games this season 
I think both Utah State games, I think late against San Diego State, CU game, you know, they play hard. The Rams play hard. They're a team that they fight to the end. They did so last night. They were, shoot, I mean, Adam Thistlewood had a, a chance to tie the game in the corner and the shot just didn't fall. So kudos to CSU for fighting. But these these lapses in defensive intensity, have, they've got to go away eventually because that's that's really, I think, been the difference in a couple of these tight games. Have a short turnaround going up to Laramie on Saturday. I'm hoping for good weather. I am planning on making that trip. I don't particularly enjoy going to Wyoming, uh, not even because of Laramie or the school or anything like that. The, the drive is just kind of sketchy to me. It always seems to be like windy and icy and, and whatever, but I'm excited, always excited for a border war. We're definitely going to talk about that game plenty over the next couple of days. With the cuff khakis wearing graphic tees Feeling way too trendy Raps that kill Oh, I'm deadly Primed and ready like machetes At a deli in New Delhi Feeling scummy like Martin Scarelli Turn jam into jelly Then drink it like juice The water's the truth So I sip on that too Skinny looking kid with no car keys Like the only thing I drive is RCRV He's got the stash like Steve Harvey Oh, I'm gnarly like